wonder which battery's going to die first. Radio is on the air, you crack spacklers. My name is Derry, and I'm back for another week of horror bullshit. Coming right to your portable listening device. Or maybe the gym head speakers. Or maybe the, um, maybe the car speakers. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe like an iPad situation. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're at. Uh, it's time for another episode, you maniacs. What's going on? It's the first show of 2024. How did, how did it go? How was your New Year's Eve? Mine was pretty uneventful. Had a few friends over. We got hammered, of course. Played some board games. Uh, 12.03, I think uh, this place was a ghost town. So we did manage to stay up for the entire uh, duration of 2023. And then it, uh, fired off all the uh, confetti bombs. Made a huge mess in my living room. And then uh, everybody split <laughs> and left me to vomit the night away, <laughs> like the mature individual I am. Because I still don't know how to drink, inmates. I've not figured it out yet. And uh, when the horror posse comes over, I, I don't know. It's like somebody just green lights me to uh, make an asshole out of myself and drink way too much Jameson, like I am known to do. And then uh, not have my wife talk to me for a couple of days because I have uh, vomited all over the bathroom. That's how I roll because apparently I think I'm still 17 or something. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, how was yours? Hope you hope yours. Uh, hope everybody. You know nobody's in jail. Nobody. No DUIs. Uh, no domestic uh, uh, assaults or anything like that. No cops. Other than my friend, I got some friends that are cops that come over to my house, but uh, I hope the, the authorities weren't called on you, is what I'm trying to say, because, you know, that's that's no good, especially on New Year's Eve, dude. That's where, that's where all the amateurs come out, so hope everybody made it to 2024. Hope 2024 is going to be better than 2023. Um, I'm not mad at 2023, to be honest with you. I had a pretty good year. Uh, global events... Withstanding, I, I I did okay. Um, hopefully, I do better in 2024. That's what I'm trying. I'm, you know what my New Year's resolution is, and I already fucked it up. Do the the ice tank every day, three to five three to five minutes is the recommended dosage. Dude, it was like 20. I think it was I think it was actually 20 degrees out when I get I go out there this morning. Uh, I think it was about five o'clock. Still dark out. There's a layer of fucking frost. All over the ground. No snow or anything. Just frost. And I have to peel the cover off the tank. It's like frozen in place. 
I climb into that fucking... I only, I, I'll be honest, man. I only did it for like a minute. That was the most I could hang. It was fucking biting, painful cold, you know? Normally, you get in and you go numb inside of, uh, I don't know, 8, 10 seconds. This one was just hanging, and it was... I couldn't go numb because it was too fucking cold. That's weird. Yeah, I know. That's weird. All right. Enough about me and my horse shit. I'm going to try and do the ice tank every day. Um, again, don't know why. I, I think I read somewhere that there's a benefit to this, but uh, it's miserable, and it's always the most miserable part of my day. And if it's done in the first four minutes, then I, it's all it's all downhill from there, really, the way I see it. All right. Enough about me. Uh, let's get into the regular horror show here, you maniacs. I got horror news. I got listener mail. Buddy and Jason, presumably still hungover from uh, New Year's Eve. I can't say for sure, though. Uh, let's start things off with uh, horror news, shall we? Horror news. Yes, sir. Now, there is a lot of talk about these Disney horror adaptations coming down the pipe. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, we saw it. It's fine. Uh, It did make a lot of money, though. So we can expect a, a fisting of these things. Starting right now, there's a short already up at uh, Bloody Disgusting. It's called The Vanishing of the SS Willy. It's about nine minutes long. It's the going to be the like the precursor to the Mickey Mouse horror movie, which I guess is, is coming at us here pretty soon. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I don't know anything about it. Um, if I get around to it, I'll check it out. I'm not too excited about it. What else we got here? The second season of Twisted Metal is uh, going to introduce Calypso, Dollface, and Axel, and possibly a few other ones. Now, <clears throat> I, I played the, the Twisted Metal games. Axel was always one of my favorite. You guys will remember him, uh, anybody that owned a PlayStation 1 will. Uh, he was the guy that was just a dude strapped between two giant wheels, and he had like m- missile launchers on his shoulders, and... He was, he was basically just a guy, J-A-G, just a guy uh, with, with the, the two big wheels. But you could man- maneuver him in different ways that you couldn't, like a regular car. So that was kind of the selling point of Axel. Um, I'm into it. I liked the first season. I don't know if you guys saw it. I liked the first season. I thought it was pretty funny. A uh, little over the top was Sweet Tooth. So there's that. You can expect that. Um, other than that, yeah, not a bad show at all. I'm, I'm checking it out. Uh, what else we got here? The first Omen full trailer drops today, or actually tomorrow, but as you hear this, it will be today. Um, I don't know, man. I saw there. there's some teasers up, and this is supposed to be some kind of a prequel. Uh, I'm not a big Omen guy. I never thought, I always thought the scariest parts of the omen were always like that uh, he he who who he he who you know that uh, d- demonic choir chanting uh, thing that always happened whenever somebody got killed and that uh, to me was always the scariest part the little kid ah fuck him but the dog dog could fuck some people up and uh, other than that really the only reason anybody died other than the the maid who killed herself is 
a series of uh, unfortunate events, like the photographer that got the uh, pane of glass through the neck. Uh, that was just a car accident, really. Um, there are some suicides, though, now that I think about it. So I guess that's kind of scary, too. And then, you know, you get down the road into the franchise, things get kind of weird. Uh, I'll get around to it at some point. Uh, it looks like Bloomhouse and Atomic Monster are merging to create some kind of a horror mega studio situation. Now, this could be good or it could be bad. I got to be honest with you here, inmates. I'm not all that um, excited, to be honest with you. And I think this is going to steer me more towards indie horror. Uh, the, the thing about Bloomhouse is they very, 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 very much want to just churn out franchises. So they'll kick out a movie if it does decent at a box office. They will immediately sign it, sign it for like five, six more installments. I don't know if I like that, man. I, I mean, if it like, did we really need another Happy Death Day? No. How many goddamn Purge movies are we up to now? And TV shows, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I'm gonna reserve judgment. Maybe something good will come out of this, but uh, I will just see what happens. I suppose. Uh, what else we got here? Are you guys ready for a horror trivia game show on an actual televised network? Uh, I am, just because I know I'll answer every goddamn question. It's called Better Luck Than Chuck. Uh, it hasn't been picked up streaming anywhere yet, but it is uh, signed for, uh, I think, 12 episodes. And they are accepting applicants to be contestants. Um, I would do it, but I'm, I don't live in the Los Angeles area. Some of you guys might. I suggest you try to get some money on there. Go, they're probably not going to let you on the show because they don't want horror dorks. They want people that can, you know, lazily make their way through a fucking franchise and maybe answer a question or two. So, I I would I would love to do it. I really would. I I dominate every horror trivia game there is. Um They wouldn't want me though, you know? I'm too I'm too good at horror trivia. <laughs> that's my claim. That's my superpower right there. I know a lot of useless information. You would be surprised. Okay. That's all I got in the horror news, you motherfuckers. How about some listener mail, huh? Listener mail. Well, it looks like it's just a couple of voicemails this week. I guess I'm not the only one that's hungover, huh? I know who's not hungover. It's our main man in uh, Indiana. Here comes Coop Nukem. What's up, guys? What's or up, dude? Guy. Just me, um, yeah. Got the three on the meat hook. I'm going to call in and Meteor get that gay. out of the way before okay. I have some drinks and forget. That a boy. There you so, go. Uh, you have the uh, underwater horror. Correct. Um, one I liked is an older one. It was called Leviathan. I like that one. That's uh, pretty good. I think it's got the Peter Weller, the dude from RoboCop. I think Miguel Ferrer also. Anyway, uh, number RoboCop. two. Uh, I'm going to go with Jaws. Of course. 
And really for number one, there's one that came out in 2009. Okay. Uh, it was called Pandorum. And that was an outer space. I actually one. really liked that when it didn't. I don't think it really did all that well. Didn't get a lot of talking about. I am ninety percent uh, sure it wasn't too bad. I really enjoyed that. That one, one is in anyway, outer space. Hope you guys have a good New Year. I will holler at you later. Beautiful. Happy New Year, Cooper. I am ninety nine percent sure Pandorum took place in outer space, sir. Now I don't want to be the the guy you know that jumps in and corrects you. And I could be completely wrong, but I think it's in outer space. Uh, whatever, it's still a pretty good show. Uh, ben Foster, Dennis Quaid, um, some really savage individuals on this craft, be it underwater or uh, um, in space, you know. Right on, dude. Uh, thanks for calling in, Coop. Let's get down to our main man in Alabama. Alan's in the house. Room. What's up? What's up Hope Alan? everybody's good. Hope everybody had a good New Year's. I got everybody no got all their fingers and eyes. Nothing got blown off. That's, um, a, no, that's a good point. Last year, I had a firework oh, shit. flip over, and um, I got pegged with some of the fireballs. But no good. This year, everything went smoothly. Watch out um, for peggings. Anyway, Teradome. Give think? me Sammy Kerr. Yeah, I figured um, that. Fuck Rawhead Rex. He took out Jimmy Bones. I don't care if he is more metal than Sam. Oh. He took out my guy. Fuck him and his stupid-looking fake Guar costume. Oh, come on. Um, meat Hook, I really got nothing. I'm just not a big underwater horror guy. Generally, I get it. You tell me, oh, the horror movie takes place underwater or in the water. Um, I'm probably going to go play pinball next door. That a boy. Um, Mr. Darian, are you the old dark house? That's all I got. Y'all have a good you know one. I'll later. Bye. I am, in fact, the old dark house, sir. You got me. That is a great show. Uh, I prefer the 1931 version myself. There's also a uh, very tongue-in-cheek remake made in the 60s. It stars the guy from Newhart. Not Bob Newhart. It was one of the lackeys. But um, Old Dark House, pretty good. What was I going to talk about? Uh, I don't... Rawhead Rex isn't fighting uh, this week. It's Horace Pinker and Sammy Kerr. Clearly, you wanted Sammy Kerr, so I'm going to give them to you. So, uh, there's that. You can vote against Rawhead Rex in the next couple of rounds, though, because he advanced over uh, Sam from uh, uh, the old uh, uh, trick-or-treat. So, there's that. A lot of Sams and Sammies in uh, this Terradome. I just hired a girl at work. Her name's Samantha. I keep calling her Sammy. I don't think she appreciates it. Not that that has anything to do with anything. Right on, Alan. That's all I got on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Cooper and Alan. You guys are gentlemen and scholars. You knew that already, though. I'm not telling you anything new. Um, this is probably going to be a short episode, inmates. I don't. Yeah, hey, we're all hungover, so really, I'm just going to break this down for you. Get the fuck out of here. I'll do all the regular shit. Don't, don't worry about it. How about a movie? God damn it. a boy shouldn't see. I was like any other kid. I didn't believe in the boogeyman. Then the world woke up to a nightmare. Welcome to Stakeland, kid. Get your boots on. Your gun's ready. We're gonna put some distance between us and this place. We were on our own now. Traveling through a ruined land. 
We live by his rules. We die. Or worse, we die and we come back. Yes, sir, it is Stakeland from 2010. This bad guy got 6.4 stars on IMDb. Written by Nick DiMici, directed by Jim Mickle. Uh, it's got a hard R rating. Stars, Connor Paolo, Nick DiMici, and Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis, man. I, uh, I don't know. What, uh, what, what, what's going on here? Am I crazy? Am I a crazy person? So... For those of you that don't recall, Kelly McGillis was the hottie from Top Gun, the flight instructor or whatever her deal was. Yeah, she was banging hot and uh, she made out with Tom Cruise and I think they had sex, but uh, now she looks like your mom's best friend and Tom Cruise still looks like Tom Cruise. What the fuck is going on? I know there's been some surgical uh, upkeep on, on Mr. Cruise. I don't doubt that, but did she just not just give up or I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this is a uh, stake land dudes. You've seen this one vampire apocalypse, right? Um, except these vampires, they're more like zombies. I would say they, uh, they're not, uh, Euro trash. They are definitely not good dressers. Um, when they go vamp, they get like a weird skull face paint job thing. Uh, they get the fangs, but after that, they're pretty much just feral. You know, a lot of running around and all that fun shit and uh, uh, attacking people and uh, killing them and turning them into vampires. And then that's where they're at. So uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. We start uh, in a barn uh, somewhere, I believe, in Pennsylvania. At the onset of this apocalyptic event, a uh, little, little guy, uh, probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, getting ready to uh, take off with his family. They're trying, they're wanting to get up to Canada because they feel like it's safer up there. I don't know what gave him that idea, but uh, they're trying to get the, the, the family car running and packed up and everything uh, as they pull out of the barn and get up to Canada. Uh, kid, mom, dad, baby sister, right? Uh, the family dog takes off and the kid goes out to chase him. And then uh, he, like he gets like halfway across the front lawn and he just hears a bunch of screaming and banging around from the barn and fuck me. He goes and goes to run back and then he gets tackled by Nick Dimitri. He's like, hey, there's one of those things in there. Your family's already dead, but I'm going to kill it. You got to help me. So 
they go in there in a little bit of a fight scene there, and uh, they kill that vampire. Uh, but not before the vampire eats the baby and kills the kid's parents, uh, which is pretty gnarly. So <laughs> there's, there's that. It's best just to establish that up front. Uh, a baby does get any, eaten in this film. Um, it's not too graphic. I mean, the vampire just grabs the baby and like perches up on the ceiling, but he drops the baby. So there's that. It's definitely dead. There is no, there's no survivors in this opening scene except for the kid. Uh, this is where we meet Nick Dimitri. He is playing the character of Mr. We only know him as Mr. Throughout the entire movie. That's fine. Um, he, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him in this movie or this role. Really, I get that he had like a very uh, Johnny Depp in a cologne commercial vibe about him. <laughs> he had like a uh, apocalyptic chic thing going on. Uh, he's not an action star. He's got a dad bod. Um, some of these fight scenes were. They could have. I'm not, I'm not saying they were bad, but if if they had somebody maybe a little more athletic, they could have been better. I'm just putting that out there. Um, yeah, dude, he really wants to be Johnny Depp. He's got the Spaniard stash, goatee thing going on. He's got the greasy, slick back hair, the guy liner, uh, the fingerless gloves, the aggress- aggressive bracelets. Not sure what the fuck that's all about, but he he wears a lot of bracelets. He really wants to be Johnny Depp, I feel like, at least in this movie. Uh, so, that you know, hey, good for him. Good for him. At his age, trying to pull this off, well done. So he's even got an ascot throughout most of the movie. A lot of scarves. So, hey, hey Depp it up, big boy. <laughs> All right. So uh, from there, uh, they we get like a, this, a welcome to Stakeland, kid. And then uh, they take off and... Um, we get like a little, tr- a lot of training montages where like, uh, Mr. is teaching the kid, the kid's name is Martin. Mr. is teaching Martin how to fight with sharp sticks and, uh, he like ties him to his wrist so he can spin him and switch his grip and stuff without dropping it or losing it. So good for him. And then eventually Martin gets to like graduate. Uh, he puts on some football pads and then they pop a vampire out of the trunk and, uh, he gets to fight the vampire and I assume he wins cause Martin lives throughout the movie. So that's great. Now we're back out on the open road. And I think the idea is still to get to Canada. The, uh, the, what they're wanting to go to a place called New Eden, which via a lot of shortwave radio broadcasts keeps promising safety and sanctuary and all that. But much like The Walking Dead, as they approach, they see like dead bodies hanging from trees uh, you know, roasted carcasses all over the place, vehicles flipped over. Uh, it's pretty gnarly on their way up there. They, they stop at the first settlement. Uh, they didn't really have a name for this town, but there's like a, uh, uh, train blocking the entrance. And apparently vampire fangs are some form of currency in this post apocalyptic situation. And since, uh, Mr. Has been pulling the fangs out of all the vampires that he's killed, he's got a pretty good stash. So he buys his way into this settlement. Uh, it's safe. There's like, uh, you know, guards and guns and stuff like that. And, um, I think there was a, a house of ill repute cause we see Mr. Coming out of a house and a young lady like gives him a hug and then he walks off. And Martin's like, well, what was her name? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't ask. 
And then eventually they get in the car and leave, uh, which is great. Um, they're headed. I see now again. Here we have this problem, and I don't understand this. We get this a lot in in, in zombie movies. You you've made it to a safe place where there's a bunch of survivors. Uh, they have prostitutes, which is I'm in, and they also have. Uh, there was a doctor there and a couple of shopkeepers, like like trade stuff with. So why why do we need to leave here? This seems this place right here seems all right. What where are we going? Anyway, I don't know. It's that same thing that happens in fucking uh, zombie movies all the time. I don't want to die here. Okay, well, would you rather go out there and get eaten by a bunch of dead guys? Because that's the alternative. You can stay here. We may at some point starve to death or dehydrate or, uh, I don't know, uh, do like a murder-suicide situation. Or, or go out there and get bitten to death by a bunch of dead guys. I'll take my chances right here. I'm I'm good. I don't understand. It's it's a weird plot device that gets tossed around. Anyway, um, they get out back on the open road, headed towards this new Eden place. Uh, they're I don't know, maybe ten fifteen minutes out of town, and a elderly nun comes running across the road, and uh, her shirt is torn open. Uh, I'm going to tell you that if you watch this, you could probably catch a nipple. But I'm also going to tell you it's not one that you want to see because it's Kelly McGillis. She has not aged well, my friends. I'm sorry. She's still a very good actress, but looking at her and Tom, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just not. I'm not doing it. Uh, you'll remember her uh, most recently from the Innkeepers. She was the weird psychic lady. Um, I think she's popped up in a few other horror movies. Regardless. Uh, she, there's two chuckleheads chasing her across the road and they've got like these burlap robes on and they're all like hooting and hollering very last house on the left style you know what i'm saying it's clear that there was a rape uh either already happening or in progress or something anyway uh mr stops the car gets out and uh kills these two guys and then helps the nun into the uh the car and kind of gets her calmed down a little bit uh, we're going to meet this character, her name, we'll just know her as Sister, because that's all they, they call her. Uh, we get her to a abandoned hotel where she can kind of clean up, and they get her some clothes, and uh, very tearful moment as she th- was explaining that she thought man's humanity and faith would overcome, but it clearly did not, because she just got a, a raping in the woods by a couple of uh, buttholes, so that sucks. Um they get attacked by a vampire in the night. Mister goes out and kills it. We find out it was a friend of Sister's. And uh, this this is kind of her rude awakening that, you know, hey, this is there's no place for religion really in this, in this world anymore. Or at least not your religion because we're about to meet some other religiosos here in a minute. Uh, from there, they get back on the road. They're uh, headed north again. Very cool. Uh, they come to what appears to be a revivalist camp situation. Um, it's weird. It's like a it's like a tent where they like a makeshift church was set up. I guess this happens back east. I have no. I've never been to one or seen one or even heard of one really, except on TV. Uh, they are driving past it and they think they hear somebody inside. And as they get closer, they realize it's a baby crying. 
So like, oh shit, well, we gotta we can't just leave this baby here. So they get out and they go inside the big tent and oh it's just dead bodies strewn all around. And there's some kind of a Jim Jones like situation where they're all holding cups. So you're thinking like a suicide pact kind of a deal. Uh they get there's a uh uh crib up at the front of the church. So they go there and there's a little sheet over it. They pull back the sheet and it's a baby doll with a tape recording of babies crying. And that's when all the dead guys in the church get up and pull guns on them. It was an ambush, you motherfuckers. How dare you? Uh, turns out this is the, it's called the Brotherhood. And it's like the, uh, um, I guess I would equate it probably to the Terminus of the walk, the Walking Dead's Terminus. Except uh, these guys are all religious nut jobs, and uh, come find out, the two rapists that Mister killed a couple days ago was the leader's son. One of them was the leader's son, so that's a real we had a real problem there. So uh, they pull guns on him, they capture him, they tie him up. Um, they are planning on killing Mister for you know killing his son, but they go about it in a very stupid way. Basically, they tie his hands in front of him. And then they just kind of drop him off on the road, thinking the vampires will get him. But Mr., of course, is a vampire killing machine. So he manages to get his hands, uh, you know, free, and then he kills him with a torch. They also left him a torch. Like an old school stick in the ground with a flame on one end torch. Are you, are you looking? I mean, I guess this might work if you had shot him in the leg or something first. But really... You're saying, hey, here comes a bunch of fucking vampires. Here's the perfect vampire killing tool. And by the way, we know that you are adept at killing vampires, uh, but this is how we're going to kill you? These guys are idiots, is what I'm telling you. And uh, I don't know, that that's kind of lame. So regardless, uh, naturally, Mr. manages to kill the vampires and get away from there. Uh, but they take Sister and Martin back to their base camp, their religious compound thing now as far as the brotherhood goes in their take on religion uh well we meet their leader the guy who's all pissed off at mr his name is jebediah and uh he their stance is kind of that the vampires were sent from god therefore you shouldn't kill the vampires because it's god god's will and he was sent to they were sent to clean the world of the filth or whatever very cool um Apparently, rape is okay, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, the rest of the everybody else, okay. <laughs> so, uh, that's pretty gnarly. Next morning, Martin and sister wake up. Uh, they send Martin to the river to fill up some buckets of water. And about, uh, he gets, he starts walking like, oh, fuck, they're going to kill me if I don't go get him some water. But they're like, hey, if you want to run, go right ahead. You're not going to last long out there, but uh, your best bet is to come back in here and hang out with us religious guys. In the meantime, I think they go about, it's not really shown, but it is kind of implied that they basically just use Sister as a sex toy for a while. That's uh sucks. And that's... uh. I mean, she's an old woman, man. Give her, cut her some slack, will you? Let's not be gross. Um, anyway, I guess they're hard up for females. I, I would imagine they are. You know, these aren't the most attractive dudes, and the whole religious zealotry thing has never been a uh, 
a real a real pussy magnet, as they say. <laughs> right? Anyway, um, so Martin is like, yeah, okay, fuck this, dude. I'm out of here. Uh, he like drops the the fucking buckets and takes off. Um, he he mentions that uh, Mister taught him how to navigate using the stars. Which it makes sense, except that this entire scene takes place during the day. He finds his way back to the car, uh, gets some weapons, and he's like, I'm going to go back there and kill those guys. But when once he gets to the car, there's like a, a vampire there, and he can't get into the car because it's all locked up. So he's like, shit, I just got to sneak around this vampire. But then the trunk opens, and it's Mr. He's hiding in the trunk, and he uh, pulls him in there. He's like, how many vampires? So they get out, and they get the car running, and then they take off. And they unfortunately decide that they don't really have a lot of of options. There's only two of them, and there's a bunch of those religious guys. So they kind of have to leave Sister, unfortunately. Oh, sip of my soda there. Uh, so now they're back to Plan Alpha, headed back to trying to get to uh, this new Eden place. Okay, great. Uh, headed north, everything's cool. They come to another settlement. Uh, they have to check all their guns and weapons at the door or at the gate or whatever it is. Uh, and again, this place seems pretty cool. Uh, they pick up a, a black guy on the way. He's a, he's a Marine which is great, um, and they get there, and there's a, uh, uh, Larry Fessenden is there, and he's a bartender, and again, again, now this is the second settlement, which appears to be secure, and people seem to be having a good time, there's a bar there, and, uh, there's a young lady singing at the bar, and goddamn if it isn't Danielle Harris, who still looks good, I think she is very sexy, um, she's pregnant in this movie, and somehow um, it's it's just kind of glazed over, but she now is in the car with with them. She wants to go to New Eden too, and Martin's like, she needed a ride, so we gave her one. So now she's in the car. So we have four people in the car. And again, this is the second safe settlement that we are walking out of. So, I mean, what? I don't know what the fairy tale of New Eden is and how it's supposed to be that much better, but uh, whatever, man. You, you, either either one of those places would have been good enough for me, but whatever you guys want to do. So now they're, uh, the four of them are headed to New Eden. Every, everything seems to be going pretty uh, copacetically. They have to stop and fight vampires periodically. It happens. Um, they get to another... A uh, little settlement. This one is also secure. It's called Stri- Strivington, I think. And uh, they have to, again, they have to check their guns. And then, uh, you know, they get them back when they leave. Uh, this is about the time that the Brotherhood catches up to them, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, ooh, this one's bad. It's not, I mean, it has to be the Brotherhood. It's never overtly stated that it was them. But I don't know who else would do this. They're there. Our survivors are there. And uh, there's, like, shops. And there's a little you know, concert going on and everybody's having a good time. The Brotherhood shows up in a helicopter and starts dropping vampires in on their, uh, their party there. It's, it's pretty fucked. It's, I mean, it's kind of ingenious in a, uh, in a from a siege tactic point of view, but from a humanitarian point of view, it's kind of fucked up. You can't be doing that. 
That is not socially acceptable behavior, my friends. You can't be dropping vampires in on people's parties. Uh, unfortunately, like that, that town is now compromised. Um, the, the Brotherhood is now also sending shortwave relay, shortwave radio relays, uh, stating that they're looking for Mr. and they will, uh, you know, there's a reward if anybody brings Mr. in alive kind of a thing. So now we have that going on also. Uh, our survivors wake up the next day and they can see that a lot of the people, uh, that are there are already infected. They just haven't turned all the way yet, but they're getting close to it. So like, yeah, no, we got to, uh, this place seemed like a nice place. It's unfortunate. Um, we got to get the fuck out of here though. So we're going to keep heading north to New Eden. Excellent. Hop in the car, all five of them now. Oh, they, and that's where they reconnect with sister. Sister, we found out, uh, escaped the Brotherhood and made her way to Strivington. And she's like, oh, yay. We like a very cheerful reunion between her and Martin. Um, they hug it out, and then Sister gets in the car, and away they go after the big uh, vampire f- falling from the sky routine. Uh, from there, they get headed back north again, going to no- New Eden. Uh, and this is when the motherfucking car breaks down. Shit! That's a real motherfucker, because now it's apparently winter time, and they are in the uh, Pacific, or no, the uh, eastern north, the northeast, which is known for its harsh winters, and they're out in the fucking woods too, man. It's great, because there's nobody else out there, and they're not running into a lot of vampires. It's bad, because it's cold as shit, and they're on foot, so they're having to, like, scale cliffs, and, uh, you know, watch out for Micmac burial grounds, because I heard they got those out there. Um, they get lucky though, eventually they, uh, find a bus that appears to have been converted into some kind of a RV situation. It's got like a gas stove and, uh, a bedroom area. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but, uh, Belle, Danielle Harris's character is pregnant and she's probably going to be giving birth soon. So something else to think about. Uh, unfortunately on their way to the bus, they get attacked by vampires and they have to escape through this cornfield and that's when sister falls behind gets surrounded by vampires and takes her own life so she's now out of the equation unfortunately um she did get to like do her rosary thing before a scarecrow before she died so you know maybe that's that's good for her i guess if uh it made made her feel better before she shot herself in the head whatever um so from now now I feel like they spent at least a good couple months in the bus because you see the, the seasons change and everything's, you know, getting, seems to be getting bright. Unfortunately, uh, bell is getting close to delivering the baby and that's getting kind of, it's going to be a stressful situation because now we're going to have a screaming baby and another mouth to feed and oh fuck, how are we going to handle that? We don't know yet. Um, unfortunately at one point our Marine friend, uh, goes out to take a leak in the middle of the night and never comes back. Scary shit. Uh, Bell and Martin get woken up by Mister in the morning and they go out to find him. Uh, they start walking around the woods trying to figure out what happened to him, and that's where they find his carcass. It's hanging from a tree, not like in a in a racial kind of a thing, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, more of a predator style hanging. Um, and they cut him down, and he's of course been killed. I think he was stabbed to death. Like, oh shit! It was a it was a vampire. Well, fucking fuck! How do we 
what the fuck does this mean now? I, there's a there's a vampire out here, but he's not acting like a zombie. He's like actively hunting us, and now we just kind of dipped into predator mode a little bit, which definitely sucks. Um, so uh, they kind of they go back to the camp. They get all their shit. They're like, well, it's here. We can't stay here. So they take off on foot again, and now Bell is like getting close to delivering. Uh, shit, they uh, bed down for one night. And somebody starts running around their campfire. So Mr. and Martin take off after the guy, which is stupid. Um, They get like, uh, I don't know, 500 meters out. And then they're like, oh, shit. He just led us away from Bell, who was asleep. They run back to the campsite. And of course, of course, Bell is gone. Fucking fuck. So the next morning comes and they're like, okay, well, we got to we got to find her. They start hearing screaming coming from one direction. They know it's Bell. So they take off in that direction where they come to like an abandoned, uh, uh, some kind of an abandoned building. I don't know. It might have been a factory or something like that. Uh, fucking shit. It's a trap. She's in there. She's tied up. Um, she has clearly already been bitten by a vampire. And this is where we meet our new vampire. It's Jebediah. He has been bitten, but for some reason he's been able to maintain his intelligence so he's got like the disgusting black veins going all over his head. And um, I guess he does not run the Brotherhood anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It's never really explained. But clearly it was a trap set by Jebediah to uh, bring Mr. and uh, Martin in. Uh, big fight between Mr. and, and uh, Jebediah and Martin. And they're getting kicked. They're getting kicked around pretty good. Eventually... Uh, Martin sneaks up on Jebediah and stabs him with his his spear thing. So he's dead, and that's great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. I would say that is that is unfortunate. Because I was rooting for Belle, you know, uh, Danielle Harris. She's pregnant. She's wanting to get to New Eden to have the baby there. That's like the only sign of hope for any civilization. But she could, And then, of course, they have to kill uh, Bell, because she has been bit, and it, uh, I would have been interested to see if she would have given birth to a vampire baby, because that's, I mean, they did it in, uh, Dawn of the Dead, so, uh, we'll see what that baby looks like, I guess, uh, we don't, never, we never find out, though, because they have to kill her, she's now bit also, um, from there, they get back on the road again, uh, they, this is, like, now we're at the point where we're pretty much giving up hope on humanity and I don't know, just any sense of the possibility of any, so any kind of civilization returning to any, any normality at all. You know what I mean? Cause like they're running into less and less survivors. The survivors they do run into are fucking assholes and, uh, they're having to fight off more and more, um, vampires as they go so they eventually they uh they walk away they find a truck they get back on the road it's just martin and mister now mind you everybody else is dead um they stop at a uh a building thinking they're gonna bed down for a night and another lady young lady pops out uh with a crossbow i think was it a crossbow is it the crossbow or bow and arrow and she's like hey don't move you fuckers and they're like whoa 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 and this is where we meet peggy who is a pretty attractive young lady, 
And she's like, oh, just I and I fucking Martin left and right. She's like, I haven't seen a boy in a while. Whoa. <laughs> um, which is good because, you know, they Martin lost Bell, and I think he had some romantic inclinations uh, going that direction. And now there's this other chick who I would say uh, is more attractive than Bell. I would say Peggy is hotter than Bell. That's just my opinion. I'm very much into Danielle Harris, but um, the actress, I think her name is Bonnie Dennison, who plays uh, Peggy. Maybe maybe a little bit hotter than Danielle Harris. Anyway, um, everything's cool. Uh, Bell has or uh, Peggy has this cool little bar situation that's fortified. Uh, she's been there by herself for quite a while. But she's got a cool system worked out where uh, vampires come at night and then she shoots them with the crossbow. And then uh, when the sun comes up, she goes out there and gets her crossbow bolts back, takes them all out of the dead vampires, and then uh, uses them again on the next wave of vampires when they show up the, the following night. So, uh, that I mean, that's pretty smart, really, right? Uh, there's one that she can't kill because he's kind of elusive and nobody knows where the fuck he goes. His name is... Uh she had a name for him. I think it was Walter. And uh, by at this point in the movie, Martin's a bad motherfucker, man. So he's like, oh, it's just one. I'll, I'll, I'll go take care of him for you. So he just runs out there with his little wrist, wrist stick things and uh, stabs Walter in the head. And that's when Peggy just full on falls in love with Martin. Good for him. Uh, good for Peggy. Everything's cool. And uh, the next morning they wake up and Mr. is gone. He just vanished. Uh, and this is pretty much the end of your movie, except that they find Mr.'s necklace dangling from one of the side mirrors on the truck, as if to say he left it there for Martin. It's a cool little skull necklace. Very Johnny Depp. It's a very Johnny Depp necklace. I could see Johnny Depp wearing this thing. Um, regardless, uh, they're like, okay, well... You ready to get the fuck out of here, Peggy? And she's like, I'll go wherever you want me to go. She's like, okay, hop in the truck. Let's go to uh, New Eden. And then the last scene of the movie is them driving to New Eden in this uh, this great big truck. And that's pretty much your movie. Now, a couple of things. Number one, I like the movie. Number two, um, I'm not... There are some things. It's very Walking Dead. And this came out, uh, what, I think a full year after The Walking Dead debuted. But it really is just The Walking Dead with uh, vampires. It's uh, post-apocalyptic. you got to fight the vampires off everywhere you go. On top of that, every other group of survivors uh, has turned into a giant bunch of assholes that only want to rape you, kill you, and take whatever you have. Um, and much like The Walking Dead... If they would just stay put in the first settlement that they come to, everything would be cool. You could help help those guys out, fortify the place, you know, and uh, you'd be all right, much like The Walking Dead. If he had stayed in Atlanta with the homies, uh, or the Vatos, right, it would have been fine. Help him take care of the old folks, or... When he gets to, uh, where else? where else did they, I mean, I don't fucking know, the governor's uh, town, he could have, they could have moved in there and helped the governor, despite his crazy, uh, trying to keep his daughter as a pet uh, a zombie thing. Uh, everyone would have been fine, you know? Or you bring the Vatos to the governor's place, and then you, all right, I'm going off on a Walking Dead thing. 
regardless, um, it's pretty much the, the, the same thing. What I like about uh, Stakeland, as opposed to The Walking Dead, is that it's a movie. It's not a 10-year-old series where they're constantly having to invent new groups of assholes uh, for Rick and his group to fight off. So there's that. Um, this one is a nice hour and a half. This group of assholes, these guys we like, there you have it. And we're done. <laughs> There's your happy ending, happy-ish ending, and we're out of here. Um, <coughs> excuse me, there is a sequel. I'll get into that in What Are You Looking At? And um, I say check it out. Dude, they're both streaming on Tubi right now. If you haven't seen them, I'm sure you have. So watch them again. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to take a little break. I think I need a cough drop.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Feeling much better now. Good enough to get into three on a meat hook. Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook. The most hated vampire movies you can think of. Vampire movies were very hot. Um, I don't know, probably early 2000s up till about 2015. They were cranking them out like once a week. And we got some real shitballs out there. Let me tell you. I'm going to give you my top three most hated vampire movies. I want to know what yours are, too. My number three, Lesbian Vampire Killers, starring James Crowden, Crowden, the guy from the the big fat guy from the late night show, Condon, what the fuck is that guy? I don't know. Um, It's bad. It's really bad. Number one, the title is Lesbian Vampire Killers. It's a horror comedy full of adolescent humor at best, Um, but the... The main problem is that you put lesbian right there in the title, which would suggest uh, to the casual horror fan that there's going to be some girl-on-girl action and that would entail some nudity. There is neither. And the humor is ridiculous. Um, we have the quote-unquote vampire slayer who can't stop laughing at the vampire killer sword because the handle kind of looks like a pee-pee. That's the level of humor you can expect from this piece of shit. Um, We did it. We gave it the full treatment on the show a couple years back. I'm going to tell you to avoid that one at all costs. I don't care if you like James Croden or not. Who the fuck is that guy? Hold on. I'm going to tell you exactly who he is. I got to find him on... uh, It's the goddamn late night guy. Uh, He got into a big beef with uh, Bill Maher over fat jokes. Lesbian, vampire... Killers, uh, fucking shit, Vampire Warrior, um, oh, I misspelled vampire, that's probably why, get it together, Darian, lesbian, vampire, killers, um, James Corden, I was, I was in the right neighborhood, I just couldn't think of the name, uh, yeah, it's bad, dude, it's all the way bad, and, uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, he might be funny on the late night thing, but he's not an actor, so fuck off, fuck that movie, that's my number three, my number two, this one is even worse, well, it is worse, and it's worse because it's a sequel to a really good movie, I'm talking about 30 Days of Night 2, Darkest Days, um, We've all seen 30 Days a Night. We probably all loved it. It's a great show. Uh, Savage fucking vampires in that one. And uh, Josh Hartnett, Melissa George, Ben Foster coming back. Um, The sequel is complete crap. 
It looks like it was made by the Sci-Fi Channel. Ass loads of CGI uh, horse shit, blood and gore, and it's not even that good, man. It's it's the I I understand there's a graphic novel series that um th- that kind of the 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 original plot line of Thirty Days of Night strayed a little bit from the the source material, and from what I understand. Uh, the sequel was an attempt to bring it back to the source material and hopefully kick off a franchise, but it was terrible. It was bad in so many ways. They couldn't get Melissa George back, so they got some rando chick in there to play the, the same role. Um, the vampires were shit. It was it's, it felt very much like a Blade Trinity, almost almost a spoof of Blade Trinity, that's how bad it was, man. You had, like, the Vampire Hunter team, which had the computer dork, and the uh, there was a funny guy, and then there was, like, a big a guy that had a bunch of guns, and it's the same shit, dude. It's just not, not nearly as good as Blade Trinity. And that's saying a lot, because Blade Trinity is not that great, other than Triple H being in there. Um, that's my number two. <coughs> my number one most hated vampire movie. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, he's going to say Twilight. Of course he is. It's that's the a, a shit movie. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna not say Twilight. Okay, let me explain why. I don't know how you can call James Patterson a fucking vampire. I don't know how you can call those movies vampire movies. I struggle to call them uh the, to call those um, other guys werewolves. They're basically cartoon characters. So. For my, I don't, I don't think of it as a vampire movie. I don't think of it as a horror movie. I don't think of any of those movies in those franchises as vampire or werewolf or horror movies. They are teen uh, romance and coming uh, of age teen teen movies, which is great. Not my gig, not my deal at all. But uh, you know, sparkly dudes, whatever. Go ahead. Not vampire movies. This one that I my number one most hated is a vampire movie, and it is Poo. It's Van Helsing from 2005, <coughs> starring Hugh Jackman. Oh, where do I start with this travesty? It had potential. The premise was solid. You had Frankenstein, you had the Wolfman, you had Dracula, you had the Brides of Dracula, and you had our uh, hunky shirtless stud running around killing them off and, you know, trying to keep evil from overturning, overrunning the, the world. And what, what, what exactly are we fighting here? Vampire babies that are hatched out of eggs? That's what we're doing? See, now this is a sterling example of what happens when the studio gets a hold of something. I can't promise you, but I can almost guarantee that that was not the original script that was written. Want to know how I know? It's rated PG, you motherfuckers. And that is why all of the gore is tempered down. There's hardly any horror element to it at all. By the end of the movie, you feel bad for all the bad guys, and you, Jackman, too. Um... The CGI is crap and heavily used. Way more than it needed to be. I don't think they shot on a single location. I'm pretty sure it was 99.99% green screen and shitty green screen at that. Um, it's bad. I think it's just... It's, I think that that's another blatant attempt to jumpstart a franchise. And it 
could have worked, but it did shit at all at the box office. It was a fucking terrible movie. I like Hugh Jackman. Um, I think, uh, was Kate Beckinsale in that too, or was that Numi Rapace? I think it was Kate Beckinsale, but I'm going to double check on Van Helsing. I went and saw this fucker in a, in, in a theater, dude. 2004, it was Kate Beckinsale. Not even she can save this piece of crap. Um, it's, uh, I, it could have been something. You're, you're bringing in the Universal Monsters. You could have started a franchise here. Keep it scary. I get it. You want to show you Jackman with his shirt off. I'm down. I'm down with that. We've seen, all seen uh, uh, all the Wolverine movies and the X-Men movies. Um, there was nothing to be afraid of here. Uh, the Wolfman was this uh, kind of indentured servant. Uh, you felt bad for Frankenstein's monster because he just wanted to go somewhere and die. And uh, the, the the brides were pretty hot, but you didn't get to see them hardly ever. And when you did, they were swirling around in CGI storms of what of fucking bats or whatever. I'm going off on a rant. It's bad. Those are my top three most hated vampire movies. Number one, Van Helsing. Number two, 30 Days of Night. Two, Darkest Days. And number three, Lesbian Vampire Killers. I want to know what your most three hated vampire movies are. Let me know. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com. Uh, click on the uh, Meat Hook link, and uh, you can put put your information in there. Or you can email me, mail at paddedroompodcast.com. I'll get that and read it on the air. Or you can call me. You want to call me? Go ahead, call me. Uh, area code 775-387-0275. And speaking of phone calls, inmates, since I'm already talking about it and running a little a little behind, it came to my attention that while I was prattling on about uh, Stakeland, Tom Hardy called in. So why don't we just grind this show to a halt for you, Tom Hardy? I want to hear what you have to say. Let's see what he what he's chiming in here with. Here he is, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey yo. Hey yo, Padded Room. How's my favorite degenerate? It's just me tonight, Happy buddy. Are you mothers? Anyway, hope all is well. Wanted to get in real quick there with the uh, Terror Dome, sure. Sammy Cure, and uh, Horace Pinker. Yeah. I love me some Horace Pinker. I me love too. that shocker flick. So put me down for that. You got it. Uh, oh, something about last week. Darian huh. was actually, I think you're 100% right on something, Darian. What's that? You were talking about the screen flicks. And yeah. And like, oh, this actress got kicked off. This actress isn't returning, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you had mentioned, you know what? I think hmm. they just need to take like 10 years off. I think you're and right. I think you might be exactly right. That's that, what they uh, do. Was it the fifth screen? Fourth, I think. That came out. So no, six, that wasn't even fifth. that great. But it had just been so long since the screen flick was out. It just felt like it was really good for me personally. Like, I get it. You go back and watch it. It's not that great. It's not. But it felt like it was great just because it had been so long. I think you were 100% right on that one. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, anyway, on to the uh, meat hooks underwater flick. Yeah, what do you think? I don't know, man. I, for some reason, I just couldn't come up with much, but I did come up with two of these ones that I used to really fucking love. Okay. And uh, one of them that I actually saw in the theaters, um, Leviathan. Yeah. And another flick that came out like right around the same time, huh. uh, Deep Star Deep Star Six. Six, buddy. And they were both kind of... They're pretty much the same movie, as I recall. You know, yeah. Alien movies underwater. Yeah. 
But I, I got to say, I like both of those flicks, man. It's been a while since I've seen them, but I, I, the last time I did, I thought they held up. Right on. Anyway, hope all is well. Love you, like family. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Happy New Year, my friend. And thanks for calling in eventually. <laughs> Right on, man. All that being said, I think it's time for the Terror Dome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll be crazy. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. To the Terradome. First, last week's winner. <clears throat> In the Asylum Conference, we had Sammy Kerr versus Horace Pinker. <clears throat> Horace had burst through the camera lens of the local news broadcast at exactly the wrong time. From the control room, a single transistor radio was playing notes in the key of death, and that was all Sammy needed. As Horace shouted profanity and attempted to strangle the weather girl, the station's broadcast satellite dish caught fire as Sammy overloaded its capacitors, trapping Horace in the station before the ensuing explosion. With a vote of 6-3, to three, Sammy Kerr advances over Horace Pinker. Kind of saw that one coming. I think we all just like Sammy Kerr more than we like Horace Pinker. I could see hanging out with Sammy. You know what I'm saying? Horace? No. He's going to stick you with a tab at the end of the night or something like that. Uh, let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Inferno Conference round 13. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. <coughs> Jesse walked for nights after his truck broke down, finding shelter during the daylight and feeding on, the, on those unfortunate souls clueless enough to pick up a hitchhiker. About 30 miles south of the Mexican border, he happens upon a lone house in the desert. Running out of options, he steals inside as the dawning sun rises. He soon realizes that he's not alone. Some loose floorboards in the basement lead to a series of tunnels going further beneath the house and stretching farther into the surrounding desert. Valak is aware of the intruder and not open to the idea of a strange vampire joining his brood. Once the sun sets, Valak knows he'll have to he'll have no choice but to destroy Jesse Lee or risk losing his place in the brood's hierarchy. Singles competition we have Valak from Vampires versus Jesse Lee from Near Dark. Um I think I got to go with Valak on this one. I like Jesse Lee, but he's not like a traditional vampire. He's basically just a guy, right? He's got I mean 
he he's immortal, uh, but he can't do any cool vampire shit other than catch fire in the sunlight. He doesn't even have fangs, does he? And he's kind of stinky looking, too, so there's that. I'm taking Valak on this one, dudes. I don't know about you guys. Uh, get me your votes by next week, paddedroompodcast.com. Just go over there, click whatever you want, or uh, hit me up either way. I'm happy to talk to you about it. Uh, Valak versus Jesse Lee. While you're contemplating that matchup, it's time I told you what I got to watch this week in a little segment called, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Yes, sir. How about uh, The Brain from 1988? This was on Joe Bob's Christmas special. I went ahead and watched both movies. Uh, it's dumb. It's, uh, it's everything you want from an 80s movie about a killer brain. There's plenty of boobs and stuff in there. Um, some 80s humor. The haircuts, you know. Uh, not a whole lot of what the fuck are we doing. You know? It's not like an in-depth story. It's a movie about a killer brain, for fuck's sake. Yes, it is a brain. It is not attached to a body. Uh, it has its own eyes and mouth and it comes out of its, um, laboratory and it flies around this little town killing people. And there's like a weird TV show that's attached to it with a guy that thinks he can manipulate the brain or maybe the brain's manipulating him. Stars, uh, David Gale. You might remember him from, uh, reanimator. He played Dr. Hill. Um, yeah, he's like a weird TV self-help show host, I guess. Uh, and he's slowly building a cult around this brain. <laughs> it's, about, it's a movie about a killer brain, people. What the fuck do you want, all right? Uh, there's boobs. There's blood. I, don't, it's, I guess Joe Bob considers it a Christmas movie because the entire plot takes place uh, around Christmas time. Christmas isn't really part of the plot. It's just a lot of decorations uh, on set. So there's that. I watched that. Uh, the the other half of that double feature was The Ginger Dead Man from 2005. Can somebody explain to me why people like this movie? It No, it there is people that like it. I promise you that. Some of you might may be listening. I, hey, hit me up. I want to know what the redeeming qualities of The Ginger Dead Man are. Gary Busey, he is only in it for, uh, I don't know, about a minute and a half. And then after that, he does voiceover for for the ginger dead man, and it's just as it it it's not it's a it's a it's a movie about a killer gingerbread man, okay? Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, clearly somebody did like this, and it, it met with some success because there is now I think five or six uh, installments in the ginger dead man franchise. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A Ginger Dead Man franchise. That's what we have now. It's full moon, so you know what you're getting into. I just don't understand why is is my biggest question. Um, so there's that. Joe Bob broke the whole thing down on the Christmas special. I, I just, uh, I can't, it's a movie that I will never be able to get into. I mean, sometimes you kill it with the premise. You know what I mean? He's a Darian... Movie about a killer ginger dead man, gingerbread man. Okay, it might be a really good movie. You're going to have to convince me of that because otherwise I'm not watching it. I'm not. I'm not going to watch a movie about a killer gingerbread man. It's just 
not going to. All right. Anyway, I watched it anyway because I thought Joe Bob might bring some insight. He did. It's still not good. So there's that. Uh, and then I watched Stakeland 2. I followed up uh, part one, rolled right into the sequel. Um, I know. I know what happens. You know, I don't know if I want. Do you want me to spoil it for you? I probably shouldn't. It picks up. I'll tell you this. It picks up with the fall of New Eden. And uh, Connor Paolo and uh, Nick DiMici obviously come back. Uh, Bonnie Dennison's in it, for, but only for about 30 seconds. And it uh, basically, uh, yeah, New Eden falls, and there's somebody else running the Brotherhood. And it's, uh, it's, it's it gets pretty gnarly. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I don't want to ruin it for you. Um, it's If you like the first one, you probably like this one. There's that. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. How about some immersion therapy, huh? (laughs) Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to watch Wicked Little Things? I like it. Um, rewatching it, though, I'll tell you, it's not as good as I remember. I still like it, don't get me wrong. What I like the most about it is the kids themselves, the, the zombie black-eyed kids. I thought they were great. I love that they're, they got that uh, turn-of-the-century dress about them, whatever, they're like the, you know, the knickers and the, the penny hats and all that stuff. Uh, I like the black eyes. I like that they come in with mining implements. And the backstory behind the kids is great, too. You know, the, the mining collapse and the misuse of child labor, and then now they're back and they're fucking shit up. Um, but there are some some problems here. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz, probably not the best child actor. She's developed into quite the actress. But uh, at this point in her career... Eh. Uh, same thing with Scout Taylor Compton. She did. She did good. Um, it's it's it's. I would still. Uh, you know what? This came out. If, I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, the Eight Films to Die For. I think this came out uh, two thousand. I want to say six or seven, something like that, as part of those eight that eight film series. In my opinion, easily the best out of that that particular year's eight films to die for. There was some real horse shit in that movie, in that series. You remember the Grave Dancers? That is poo. I'm sorry. <laughs> you cannot convince me otherwise. Uh, am I? Yes, I am. I guess I am mad at it. It's a it's a shit movie, and the entire premise is stupid. Um, <laughs> I realize how hostile I sound with that, but a lot of people love the Grave Dancers. That's a dumb fucking movie, man. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, in my humble opinion, Wicked Little Things, the best out of that particular crop of eight films to die for. Uh, let's get back to business here. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Amityville Mount Misery Road from 2018. Now, you may recall a couple episodes ago, I mentioned this in the What Are You Looking At segment, and um, I would submit to you that this may be so bad it's good, and I, I've, I've washed my palate clean of it. I am prepared to revisit it 
And what I want to know, inmates, is if you agree or not that this film is so bad that it's good. It's terrible. I'm going to tell you right now, it may be Birdemic bad. It may be worse than Birdemic. I don't know. I don't. I need. I need a second opinion on this. Is what I'm. What I'm asking for here. Uh, streaming right now on Tubi, Amityville, Mount Misery Road. Uh, check it out on Tubi whenever you get a chance. Check it out, inmates. We'll do the same in compare notes next week. But now you must educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Well, I am a Englishman, and my wife and best friend are in a car with me, and uh, unfortunately, we were going over the mountain pass and got caught in a bit of a storm. Uh, we thought we were going to be proper fucked, but then we saw some lights uh, up on a ridge go up there, and there is a uh, family of crazies. They're, for the most part, quirky crazy, but there is one guy that's probably, uh, actually two guys, that is probably dangerous. So we're going to have to hang here uh, for the night, and uh, hopefully uh, Morgan doesn't start drinking again because he can be a problem. You know you know Morgan when he gets drunk, dude. It's going to be, it's going to take three or four of us to calm down. Uh, I am, of course, the old Dark House from 1931. One of my favorites, all time. Great show atmospheric um the the things that that they do with shadows in this movie it's black and white obviously um who do we have here um what's his name melvin douglas in in one of his better roles he's like a, he's like a 35 year old melvin douglas you'll remember him from uh ghost story also um uh the changeling he played the uh the senator or whatever um Great show. Can't recommend it enough. I think it's streaming on Shudder, if I'm not mistaken. Who might I be you who might I be this week, you ask? Well, it is Halloween night. Uh I was looking for some social uh companionship, so I went to a bar and hooked up with a young lady and her friends and a random dude that nobody seems to like, but uh we know him, and he just is kind of clinging on to us, so I guess he's going to drive us around now. And uh, it's, we got kicked out of the bar because my friend's an idiot, and uh, as we, we're trying to think of something to do, we find out the girl that I'm hooking up with is actually uh, it, trying to get out of an abusive relationship. We just, got, we just found a flyer for a haunted attraction, uh, so why don't we go, go check it out, and hopefully... Uh, there's not a bunch of lunatics in there with fun contraptions and traps and things you have to put your hand in. And uh, who knows? They might even be into body mod, which is a, a weird way to go. Uh, who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week and I will drop some knowledge on you, inmates. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Apologies for the short show. Clearly, I am uh, short two co-hosts. Uh, join me next week for Bliss here in Vampire Month. We're going to check that shit out. Have you seen Blitz? It's a Joe Bagos movie, dude. So get ready for a lot of weird colors and, uh, I don't know, avant-garde uh, psychedelic things happening. You're going to love it. Uh, join me next next week for that. 
Uh, also, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps visibility quite a bit. Uh, we do have a Patreon campaign running. Anything you need to know about me, my co-hosts, what we're doing, where we've been, what we're up to, just go to paddedroompodcast.com. It's all right there. Uh, in the meantime, for Jason, Harold in absentia, Buddy in absentia, uh, weird vampire zombies and the fucking apocalypse that they bring with them, and why the fuck can't we all get along and put these these guys down instead of fighting, trying to eat each other and shit like that? You know what I mean? Same thing happens with a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it seems like a good time until people start fighting each other instead of the zombies. Now um, we've broken off into warring factions and people are eating each other and raping each other. Just, it just let's all just take it easy, okay? Uh, and the Padded Room Podcast. I know that didn't make any sense. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. <laughs> <laughs>